Hello and welcome to the Munro Method Clamcast. I am Jason Munro and this is episode 46. Now, today I'm going to do something similar to the birthday episode where I'm going to go more in depth with something that I've posted on social media recently. So, if you go onto my Instagram, you'll see a, a carousel that says five ways slimming world is ruining you and you don't even realize it. Now, I just want to preface this by saying if you are someone who is having or has had a wonderful experience with Slimming World, don't let this get your back up, right? It's not about you. It's about the people who it's for. Something that happened, not as much these days actually, but something that used to happen a lot was, God, like, uh, here's an, a great example. Like, someone literally commented on one of my posts and said, I can't relate to any of this. Can you imagine that? Like, why would you even stop and leave a comment on it? Like, if I read something and it, it doesn't speak to me and it's not about me, then I get on with my day and I move on. <laughs> If, if someone posts something on social media and say, I don't know, I can't even think of an example, but oh, here's why this is, you know, ruining you. Well, it's not ruining me. I'm having a great time with it. So that must not apply to me. I don't think it's just the way that my brain works because the people that do comment and argue are few and far between. But I can't imagine people listening to this podcast are going to be people that are Weight Watchers and Slimming World success stories. Otherwise, why would you be here listening to this, right? So, anyway, if this is for you, it's for you. If it's not, it's not. Five ways that Slimming World ruins you. Number one, your relationship with food. This is probably the biggest one. I should have went with this one last, maybe, but maybe I should have done them in reverse order. Never mind. So, this is the biggest one. Disordered language. You have actually spoken about this in the last couple of episodes because it's something I talk about all the time because it's so bloody important. Language is everything. The way that you think about foods, the way that you talk about them, the language you use to describe them will determine how you feel when you have them and how you behave around them. So, disordered language. Sins, S-Y-N-S, a.k.a. sinful or bad foods, naughty foods, unlimited free foods, healthy extras, on plan, off plan, being good, being naughty. These are all the kinds of things that you would hear at Slimming World, right? And the thing is, I know how horrendous talking like this and thinking like this is for someone's long-term progress, but I'm not at a Slimming World group. You're at, or were at, a Slimming World group with 20 other people who all speak like this, who all think like this. You've essentially gone to a place where your disordered eating behaviours and your disordered thoughts are the norm. And that's why these groups can be, I won't say they are, that's why these groups can be so bloody dangerous. Because you're you're effectively you're not help these people you're not helping these people right 
Consultants are not equipped to help people with disordered eating behaviours. They know the plan, they can tell you to follow the plan, they can encourage you to follow the plan, they can encourage you to get back on track and all the rest of it, but they cannot help you with this stuff. And so, you're taking yourself to a group with your own disordered thoughts and eating behaviours and surrounding yourself with other people who are thinking and talking and doing all the same things. And it, cre- it can help create this idea that, well, this must be normal. I'm going to this group where 20 other people are all binging after way day and stopping at the Chinese on the way home and starving themselves before they come to weigh in and you know you're all standing there going oh what did you eat today oh I didn't eat anything what did you eat oh I just had a couple of fucking rice cakes I don't know so like anyway your relationship with food that's the very foundation of your ability to manage your weight right if you have a poor relationship with food you will never Do I want to say that? You will never be happy at your goal weight. So I was going to say you'll never get to your goal weight, but that's not true. You can get to your target weight, goal weight, in a very disordered way, and you can stay there in a very disordered way. But what sort of life is that to live where you've got terrible thoughts around food and eating behaviours and you're filled with guilt and shame and regret and all the rest of it. Um, So anyway, yeah, carrying on. These terms, the things that I mentioned, sins, etc., are the very basis of a disordered relationship with food. Slimming World promises you freedom while simultaneously trapping you with a disordered thought process that keeps you stuck in the endless diet cycle for life. And... That's not by accident, right? Because the more times you keep going back to lose the same weight, you know, to pay someone to help you with the same thing they helped you with, you're you're basically an endless source of income. Like, Slimming World groups are like printing money, basically. You're not helping someone once and never helping them again. You're helping someone once and then helping them for the next 25 years until one day they finally wake up and discover someone like me who exposes them to things like this so they can finally say, do you know what? Slimming World is the reason I've been doing this for 25 years. It's not the solution to it. Number two, competitive weight loss. This is one of the worst things. Uh, Sending people to the loo before weighing them or asking them to remove clothing and items of jewellery falsifying weight loss this is falsifying weight loss to help people get that next award because the whole awards are there so that you go home go onto your instagram go onto your facebook whatever and say and you know and take that picture of you with your little certificate next to you and say hey look at me guys i got my two stone award my mum fucking loved this bit this was my mum's favorite part she loved the praise she, my mum's the, the the type of person, and I've worked with many of them, who you would describe, oh God, when she's on it, she's on it, you know, and all the comments underneath, oh Aileen, you you're 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 always like this when you put your mind to it, you know, you'll do this in no time, and it's like fuck, does nobody realise that this is the twenty eighth time she's done this, 
you know, is nobody going to stop and question it and say, well, they're not, are they? Because you're not going to bring someone else down. But, you know, does nobody stop to question themselves? Why am I doing this again? Why am I here for the 28th time, the 28th year in a row, you know, trying to get to the same weight I've been trying to get to for the last 27 fucking years? Anyway, my mum loved that. She loved the praise. She loved the attention. She loved the people congratulate. The recognition was the word I was looking for. The certificates, the stickers, all that. Um, but that that's what these are for. Slimmer of the Week, Miss Slinky, Mr. Sleek. All marketing ploys designed to reinforce the idea that weight loss alone equals success. Getting to a number on a scale equals success. What I would love to see from Slimming World is not the before and afters. I'd love to see them following up with people. I've been doing it a lot recently. I still follow a lot of people who worked with me years ago. This summer's been great. I've had people who I worked with two and three years ago sending me pictures and messages saying I'm about to go on holiday and I'm feeling great still. That's what gets me. That that, that that's That's my thing, right? It, Helping someone get to where they want to be initially, yes, that's great and it feels very good. But having people message you three, four and five years later telling you that it's been the best three years, not, I don't want to be dramatic, but like the best three years of their life in terms of eating, the guilt's gone, the regret's gone, the shame's gone and that's a big deal. Like when you've spent 20 years managing your weight using something like Slimming World, feeling terrible, on at weigh-ins, living your life again, I maintain a loss at a time, dieting for holidays so you can go away and overeat and pile it all back on again. When you've lived like that, it's no small thing to then spend three or four years not living like that and knowing that you can live the rest of your life like that. Um. So yeah, this is why you think you've been successful despite having to go back again and again and again. I shouldn't really need to say this, but if you were in any shape or form successful, you would not need to go back. When people come join the Monroe Method for the first time and they post their starting stats, I ask about their diet history because it helps me. It tells me a bit about that person and what I can expect from them, um, what sort of thoughts they might have, what sort of beliefs they might hold. And they'll often say things like, Oh, I've, I've tried everything, but I've had most of my success with Weight Watchers. And sometimes, depending on what they've said, I'll pick up on that and say, well, what makes you say you were successful? Because from the... I don't always do it, but it just depends on how the what they've said in the rest of the post. Um, sometimes it can be really important to get right in there in the very beginning and get rid of that idea that losing weight as a success, that they've ever been successful at Weight Watchers or Slimming World. If you follow a plan and lose weight, that's not success because the thing that Slimming World promises you is freedom. So if you do not come to the end of that and have food freedom or weight freedom, then you've not been a success because you've not achieved what they said you were going to get. Do you see what I mean? And it's not that you're a failure by any means. Because weight gain is not a failure. But when we're talking about weight loss, unless your goal was to lose weight and put it back on again, then you've not been successful because you've not done the thing, right? 
you were halfway there, but you didn't have the tools to stay there. Number three, the blame game. Loss equals success. Credit goes to the plan. Oh, you must have been 100% on plan this week with that loss. That was a quote. Maintain equals failure. Blame you. Never mind, it's better than a gain. Try harder so we can see a loss next time. Some of you will be nodding to this because you've had those very words said to you. Gain equals big failure. Blame 100% you. Let's work together to find out where you went wrong this week. And this just reinforces the whole you need our plan to succeed mentality to keep you coming back. And it also reinforces the idea that anything other than a loss on the scales is a failure and it's not progress. What was the thing I was going to say? Oh yeah, I recently welcomed quite a lot of new members into the group. So on Monday, I did a bit of a post to get them all chatting. And I I didn't go on about Slimming World. I, I don't talk about Slimming World much inside the group. I just talk about it outside because that's where most of the people I work with come from because that's who I've created a process mostly to help. Inside the group, we don't bang on about it. But something came up this week and someone said, I remember losing a pound once and being told, don't worry, um, try harder. You'll, you'll get a better loss next week. Can you imagine that? Imagine having your week, your week effort, your week of weeks effort, your week of effort belittled like that. Like you've literally made progress towards your goal when you've got someone, some imbecile telling you that it's not good enough do better next time. People wonder why I have a problem with it. Number four, target members. Casinos have no clocks or windows. They do this because statistically, the house always wins. The more time you spend in a casino, the more likely they are to profit from you, right? So the more time you spend in a, in a casino, the less likely you are to walk out with more money than you went in with. Slimming World generously allows you to attend their groups for free when you're a target member. Not out of the kindness of their heart, but so they can start charging you again if you dare commit the cardinal sin of regaining just three pounds. They are not doing you a favour by allowing you to go for free. They are protecting a future source of income. It's easier to start charging someone who's already there than it is to get someone to come back to a group. I've got a, a Weight Watchers leader who I coach. And I did a live chat last night. And we got Slimming World Bill. Slimming groups came up. And she said, you know, when I was a Weight Watchers leader, we were targeted on, our commission was targeted on getting members back. They were never targeted on getting new members in. Just think about that for a minute, right? Her commission was dependent on how many previous members she was able to get back, not how many new members she was able to get in. What does that tell you about the confidence they have in their process. They know full fucking well that people are leaving them and putting weight back on again. 
to the point where they charge their leaders with going around all their ex, you know, go go into your Facebook Messenger, go into your contact details, send WhatsApps, get in touch with everyone, let them know you're thinking about them and they'll be welcome back at group and blah, 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 blah. It was um, Richard Sandler used to be the finance director for Weight Watchers a while ago now. But he was he's famously being quoted as saying, 80, <clears throat> don't quote me on the exact number, I think it's 84 I'm 84% sure it's, 80, it's 84%. But he was quoted as saying, 84% have to come back and do it again. That's where your business comes from. So he reckoned that. In fact, I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say he reckoned there was a 16% success rate. And there won't be. The success rate will be much smaller than that. Then there'll be a percentage of people that don't go back. So... There's there's 84% going back, maybe 10% of them don't go back, and maybe 6% of them are actual success stories. In marketing, we often talk about, because um, I had to learn about marketing, because you can't just be a nutritionist and help people, it doesn't work like that, you have to know how to get people to help as well. But in marketing, there's this thing where it, it costs more to acquire a new customer because you have to invest more into them because they don't know you. So like, I mean, it doesn't cost me anything. I put posts on social media, people give me their email addresses and they'll spend some time on my mailing list and it might take one, two, six, ten months, but they'll eventually click the join button and they'll come to work with me. Now that doesn't cost me anything, but when it comes to marketing, like, there are companies that will spend lots of money on marketing campaigns to get in front of new people. And we call that the nurture process. So you take someone who is effectively a cold, a cold, what's the word? Customer, a cold potential, whatever. And you're trying to make them a warm client. So someone that does it, it's like when people do outbound calling. You know, they call you in the middle of the day wanting to sell you something. That's cold calling because you didn't want that thing. They're just being intrusive and saying, you know, on the off chance, do you need this thing? And then they want you to warm up to them so that you eventually buy from them. Whereas getting an old customer to come back to you is much easier than acquiring a new customer because they're already warm per se. Um all you're doing is trying to tug on their heartstrings and get them to come back. And that's where like, oh, you'll be welcomed back at group with open arms and a friendly face and all the rest of it, right? You're just trying to, they try to remember that warm, fuzzy feeling you used to get when you had that loss and all your, all your, all your group were celebrating with you. It's easier to get someone to come back like that than it is to say, come and lose weight in a friendly and supportive environment. That, that's harder to sell. Anyway, last one. Unqualified consultants. Do you know that after COVID, I think it was after COVID, Slimming World really struggled to recruit um, consultants because it kind of showed people that obviously pandemics don't come around very often but it, it showed you how hard your pocket could be impacted when you weren't able to go to 
and run a group. And the minimum requirement pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, to becoming a Slumming World consultant was that you have to have, you, you had to be using the plan and you had to had lost some degree of weight. That was it. So you had to be you had to be what they would deem to be some form of success story, and that success had to come from Slumming World. Post pandemic, anyone can become a consultant. I could become a consultant. Well, I couldn't because there is one one condition. The condition is, I can't remember what the exact wording is, but it's on the website. Um, you do not have to have been an ex Slumming World customer, but you must have a firm belief in the plan. It's something like that. So you don't have to have lost any weight with Slimming World. You don't have to have ever been to a Slimming World group. Yes, it would be to your advantage, but you'll receive full training. Um, but you do. You have to. You have to believe in the Slimming World way. So anyone can be a consultant now. All you need is two grand. That's it. Uh, so to read this one out, to be a consultant, the only qualification you need is an understanding of the plan. You don't even need to have been a Slimming World member anymore. Anyone can apply. Consultants are let loose on the world after just eight days of training. Now, I don't know the exact ins and outs of this. What I have uncovered in the past is that it's broken up. It's like two days of training, three days of training, and then another three days of training at head office, something like that. Now, this is not all about how to help people. It's the most of it's about how to run a business, how to run a successful group, not how to help people lose weight and never have to lose weight ever again. It's how to get bums on seats and make money. Um, and I finished this one off saying, you know, treat your health with the respect it deserves by putting it in the hands of those qualified to look after you not people running a franchise that had two grand to spend on it and have had eight days of training. I spent 14 months doing my nutritionist qualification. Then I did another 12 months and a follow-up one, a follow-up certificate. I didn't have to do the follow-up one, I just wanted to. Um, and that those cost me thousands of pounds for the qualifications. A Slimming World consultant pays two grand not to get eight days of training but to get the support of a bigger company to of, of of to become part of like an umbrella corporation where you are you're given the honor of operating under the slumming world name and we'll give you all the stuff here's all the social media stuff we'll give you all the support we'll help send clients your way we'll give you media packs and all the rest of it to help you run a successful business we'll support you that's what your two grand's for plus we'll take whatever they take um from their income versus someone who's actually invested in becoming a good coach first rather than someone who's paid a business to let them become a part of their business and using the before and after photo as a qualification like treat your health with the respect it deserves don't that doesn't necessarily mean put it in my hands put it in the hands of someone who is qualified to look after you and help you with the thing you need help with and remember you don't need help with your weight you need help with the things that lead you to gain weight and unless your consultant is able to help you with those which 
if we go back to the episode a, a few episodes ago, drawing a line and moving on is the only advice you get, they're not going to help you. Anyway, that's enough for this one. Until next time.